If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the One Cause Church podcast with Pastor Eric Holler. Hebrews chapter 11, let's look at it. Now I want to just say for the next few weeks, I don't, I don't know how long this will go, but we'll go till we're done. But I'm, I'm titling this, this series of messages, Opportunity Knocks, But Faith Opens Doors. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, we're going to walk through this chapter and see some extraordinary truths that you can apply to your life. I mean, it, it's known as the hall of faith where we see great things happen through ordinary people's lives who believe God and experience extraordinary experiences. And God is willing and able to show himself strong through those who will believe who will look to him and walk by faith and you can live above the natural means of this world. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 says, Now faith, everybody say now faith. Now faith, now faith. He is, I am the God of now. He's right now in your life. So he needs you to believe now. Hallelujah. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of, of things not seen. I want to read the amplified version of that. It says, now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction of their reality, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. So faith is separate from the sensual realm. You're not going to be able to achieve in faith what you can do in, by natural means. It's a different kind of reality. As a matter of fact, this scripture teaches us that as believers, faith is your reality. Say that with me. Faith is my reality. Faith is my reality. So you've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness. You've been taken out from under the control of the spirit of this world and its resources And it's circumstances that can be experienced through that which we taste, touch, smell, hear, and see into another kingdom called the kingdom of light or the kingdom of God's dear son, which is governed and controlled by God Almighty himself. Hallelujah. And we access everything from that kingdom through that kingdom by faith. By faith. It's, it's what attaches us to the supernatural. It's what attaches us to miracles. It's what attaches us to what we cannot do in of our own strength. It attaches us to the power of God. And it is our reality as believers. The scripture says the just shall live by faith. We walk by faith, not by our senses, not by sight. We have a whole other reality. And I want to tell that to you because, because you can get caught up in the speech of this world and how people talk. Well, okay, I, I live in the real world. And what they're saying is I'm totally limiting myself to my senses. I'm totally limiting myself to the circumstances that, are, that surround me. I'm totally limiting myself to the provision and the resources that I can see in the natural and what I can know. But praise God, faith takes us beyond that realm. Faith is the reality of the believer. Hallelujah. You are right now seated in heavenly places with Christ. It's hard for us to wrap our minds around that. So we can't really wrap our minds around that. So we have to believe that in order for us to experience that power. 
As Brandon was saying, that we live our life from a high place. We're seated there so that we live our life from that seated position with Christ. You can only know it, though, by faith. That's your reality today. You know Christ by faith. You don't see him, but you know he's there. And you know that by faith. That is your reality. Are you getting this? Look at verse 2. For by it, that is by faith, the elders obtained a good testimony. That's extraordinary to me. They obtained a good testimony or a good report. The next thing we need to learn besides faith is your reality is faith changes your story. Faith changes your story. When we look at our father Abraham, over in Romans chapter 4, Paul begins to talk about Abraham being the father of our faith and that we are the children of Abraham. And that's where we see the verse, uh, calling those things that be not as though they were, that Abraham, not being weak in faith, did not consider his own body already dead, being about 100 years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. He wavered not or stumbled not at the promise of God. But when you look over at the book of Genesis, you do see Abraham stumbling. So how can both things be right? They can be. There's this event that took place on a hill outside of a city called Jerusalem where the son of the living God hung by love, crucified on that cross, died, was buried in a tomb, and rose again three days later. And that event changed Abraham's story, and it changed everybody's story. It took you one from a place of being dead in your trespasses and lost in your actions to failure and to disappointment and to defeat into a life of victory, a new creation in Christ Jesus, your entire story changed. And according to God, the scripture says that he forgot your sins. He took your sins and threw them as far as the east is from the west, which are infinitely apart. And the scripture says he remembers them no more. So now your story is changed in the Lord Jesus Christ. You who were once were stumbling in darkness, you who once were lost, you who were given in to the power of sin continually, now in Christ Jesus have been made alive. And God looks at you. He sees you faultless. He sees you holy. He sees you above reproach. So he says you come boldly before the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Faith changes your story. The scripture teaches us in first, or not first, in Romans 1, 16, it says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. Now, it's the power of God unto salvation, no doubt, but it's only power to those who believe. The moment you believe is the moment you access that power. The moment you access the power of the gospel into your life. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, that is in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. What that, what that tells us is, is that your righteous reality, knowing who you are in Christ, is directly connected to your faith in God. Yes. I mean, the moment you begin to feel different, the moment you begin to feel distant from God, is the moment you need to go, whoa, whoa, somewhere I stopped, I stopped believing. Yes. Because faith is that right now revelation of righteousness. Yeah. 
It's the right now revelation. So you, we understand that our salvation and our walk with God is not just in the feeling realm. Now, I love to, to be in a place where you feel the presence of God, right? You know what I'm talking about? You hear people say, I feel the anointing or I feel the spirit. I love that too. But that's not really our reality. Those are perks. Those are benefits of walking by faith because there's times when that feeling's not there. There's time, and, and, and we see our example, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who was on that cross and he'd already proclaimed that God had forsaken him. But the very last statement of faith on that cross was, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. He didn't feel God. God had completely forsaken him. He was in the deepest blackness uh, any human being could ever experience. And yet, even in that moment, by faith, he cried out, Father, in your hands I commit my spirit. It goes beyond what you know. It be goes beyond what you feel. It goes beyond your experiences. It goes beyond what, you've all, what, you, what you can imagine. It is only by faith that we experience this new story. That we know that now today we are the righteousness of God in Christ, no matter how we feel about it. Anybody believe that today? Because your story is now connected to Jesus' story. Paul said it like this. My story changed because of this. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. I'm living his life now. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. Let's go to verse 3. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. Now look at this. By faith, everybody say by faith. We understand that the worlds were framed by God. What does this help us learn today? Faith helps you understand the power of words. Faith helps you understand the power of words. The moment you believe, God begins to bring an understanding to you that everything that we know, everything that we see was formed, made by his words. His word, words create, words build, words give life, words can bring death as well. We know the scripture. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, right? So if you're experiencing death on any level in your life, you're experiencing defeat on any level in life, then you begin to say what God has said. You speak life into that situation. You speak life over your life so that you can give your life the opportunity to turn that way. Yes. See, it all starts with a message. The gospel is a message. The gospel isn't a lifestyle. The gospel is a message, and if you'll preach that message, if you'll declare what God has said, if you'll say it, then you give your life the opportunity to live it. Hallelujah. That's why I want to, I want to remind you, all of you are witnesses of, of Christ. All of you carry his message with you. Don't be caught up in thinking that you have to live a certain way or be in a certain place before you can speak of God. That'll keep your mouth shut. You began to teach the God. You began to share Jesus Christ. Well, you, you'll find out something, believer. Your life will start lining up with that. Because your life follows your words. You create with your words. I like the book of Proverbs chapter 15, verse 23. It says, a man has joy by the answer of his mouth and a word spoken in due season. How good it is. Jesus taught us of the power of words and he told us how, showed us how it was connected to our faith in God in Mark chapter 11. He said, have faith in God for whoever says, whoever says to this mountain be removed. So believing and speaking is the spirit of faith. It's that which you believe and that which you declare. Faith comes by hearing, and then faith is released by your speaking. 
Verse four, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Everybody say more excellent. Through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it he being dead still speaks. Now this is an extraordinary verse. Now a few things here, but I'm going to pull one thought out of it. And that is faith moves you to give generously. Faith moves you to give generously. It only considers what God has said so that no amount of money, no amount of time, no amount of talent, no person, place, or thing will ever persuade you otherwise than God has said, therefore, I I respond. Therefore, I believe. One of the great missionaries of our time is a man by the name of Wayne Myers. Wayne Myers has been a missionary in Mexico for over 60 years, and he's a well-loved man, especially on the campus of Christ for the Nations. As a matter of fact, there's an auditorium that's named after him. He's been a very good friend of the Lindsay's for years, and he's always inspiring to the student body. He comes and speaks annually and um, teaches on giving. He says, give to live and live to give. That's basically the story of his life. And he and his wife determined years and years and years ago to give a monetary gift every day, 365 days a year, and they have held on to that pledge every day since then. They're they're amazing people, inspiring people to see their lives, that their life is wrapped up in giving, that real life is found in giving. Someone told Wayne Myers that you... When they heard that he was making that pledge, he's going to give a monetary gift every day. They said, you can't do that. You'll go broke. He said, hey, I was broke when I started giving, and I haven't been broke since. Amen. I mean, he's helped build churches all over the world. Matter of fact, through the years, they have helped raise enough money for, to give away over 100 cars to missionaries and other people who are preaching the gospel of Christ. One year, he came to Christ for the Nations when I was there 20-something years ago, and, and uh, he was there for the whole week to speak, and he started talking to us about giving and about giving till it hurts. I, I did not like the sound of that. Giving till it hurts. In other words, he said, give something of value to you. Don't just throw something in the offering plate. Don't just give. Give something that is precious to you. Give something that it's going to take you believing God for the, for the payback. Stretch yourself. And he, he would tell all these stories, right? And you can't help but be inspired to see a man who's living the reality of this. Matter of fact, one day he was there that week. He was standing out in the foyer of the, what's called the Institute Bill in the IB, and he was passing out $100 bills to students as they were coming in. I missed out on that. I don't know how. I just heard about it later. But I, had, I didn't have much in my possession at this time. I was a college student, broke. working a job, but most of that money was going to paying school bills, and so I didn't really have much of value as far as things were, except I had this hat that was special to me. I had a hat that 
um, a friend of mine had given me out in West Texas, and it, uh, it had the company's name on it called AMPI, A-M-P-I, American, American Milk Producers Association. And the reason that was special to me is because my grandfather drove a milk truck for 30 years for, for AMPI. And so that hat was special, and I wore it all the time. Well, when I'd gotten to Bible school, there was a man who actually used to work for AMPI, and every day he'd see me with that hat, he'd say, boy, I sure do like that hat. I said, yeah, tough luck, buddy. <laughs> this is my hat. Well, as this week's going by, Wayne Myers is encouraging us, give sacrificially, give something that means something to you. And all of a sudden, I hear that voice. You know that voice that talks to you and you go, and you try to ignore it, you try to suppress it and go, no, 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 that can't be God. No, 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 God wouldn't do that. God wouldn't require that of me. There's, mm -mm. Give that hat away, Eric. Give that hat. Oh. You did it, didn't you? You had to pick the one thing that's worth anything to me here. Give that hat. Well, I did. <clears throat> I found that guy and I said, the Lord told me to give this to you. And I don't even think I was nice about it. I just gave it to him. <laughs> I felt like I needed to obey God. <laughs> well, back then, when Daniel was also in school back then, we had to punch in. We had to clock into school. We didn't have those cool badges that you guys have now, this cool electronic badge. We had to actually have a time card and punch in the class. So I walked into school one day, and this had been a few weeks later, and as I was approaching my time card, I saw a piece of paper that was clipped to it, and I pulled my time card up and I looked at that, and it was a receipt that my school bill had been paid in full. Oh my God. Uh, you gotta be kidding, because I had over $1,000 still yet to pay on the school, and I actually didn't know what I was gonna do at this time, and there it was, zero balance. To this day, I have no idea who paid my school bill for me. Ultimately, I know God did. God moved on somebody. But I found out something that day, that sacrificial giving will bring great rewards, rewards that you never would have tapped into. It goes beyond what you could ask or think according to the power that works in you. Hallelujah. And God wants to get greater things to you. But the scripture says, God will not be mocked. If you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. But if you sow bountifully, you will reap bountifully. Hallelujah. Give and give generously. Live to give and give to live. Let faith rise in your heart to such a place that there, that without, where there's, where if there's any hesitation to giving, that it gets washed out by the joy of generosity. Amen. Amen. Let's go to verse five of this. Stay with me. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. This is an extraordinary verse to me. Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. I hear people say that if somebody passed away, well, God took him. But when you look at the scripture and God takes people, like this guy, he didn't see death. Enoch did not see that for God took him and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. This teaches us today that faith supersedes natural law. Amen. It's appointed for man to die and then the judgment. But apparently Enoch superseded that law. He just went on to heaven. God just said, hey, you know what? I mean, Enoch walked with God. He walked with God. He walked with God. Enoch was not too many generations from his great, great, great grandpa, Adam. And Enoch, being a small boy, went to see grandpa Adam one day. Adam lived to be 930 years, something old. 
Enoch went to see Grandpa Adam one day. He climbed up in his lap and said, Grandpa Adam, tell me about the old days. Tell me about that when you used to walk with God. Oh, yeah, I used to walk with God. He would come and visit me every afternoon in the cool of the day, and we would walk together in the garden. Wow, I want to walk with God like that. Oh, you can't do that, son. Your mother messed that up. Your grandmother messed all that up for us. (laughs) Men can't walk with God like that. We can't have a place like that paradise anymore. We're out here eking out an existence. The briars and the thistles, we're working. We work hard. That's what we do. We just work hard. There's no walking. There's just working now. Enoch's looking at his grandpa. He says, you know what, grandpa? If you did it, I can do it. And Enoch began walking with God by faith. And one day when he was out on a walk with God, God said, you know, Enoch, at this point in your life, you're closer to my house than you are your own. Why don't you just come home and be with me? And God took him. Faith supersedes natural law. It's not bound by this earth and its resources. Turn to 2 Kings chapter 6 for a moment. We'll see an extraordinary story. Everybody all right? Look at this. And the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, See now, the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. Please let us go to the Jordan and let every man take a beam from there and let us make there a place where we may dwell. So he answered, Go. Verse 3, then one said, please consent to go with your service. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them, and when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. Verse 5, but as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. So he's chopping the tree, and the axe head flies off and lands in the water. And he cried and said, alas, master, for it was borrowed. So the man of God said, where did it fall? And he showed him the place, so he cut off a stick and threw it in there. And he made the iron float. Therefore, he said, pick it up for yourself. So he reached out his hand and took it. What? Let's get this picture here. This young prophet, he's chopping away on this tree. And the axe head comes loose and flies off into the water. And he says, oh, master, it it was borrowed. I don't own this. And he said, well, where did it land? He said, right about in this area, Elijah, you know, thinks logically, picks it, breaks off a stick and throws it over in the water where it landed, and the axe head floated. He said, go get it. What? How how do you know to do that? How do you know that if you throw a stick in the water, that the iron will start acting like the stick and float? How do you know that? By faith. We don't see him begging God, oh God, we got to do something about this axe head. Oh, and really, who cares? It's an axe head. Is it really that important? Are we really, really, really going to get God involved in this menial little thing? Apparently, it becomes important the moment you get in faith, no matter what the need is. If you'll just believe, God gets in on it with you. Even Jacob, we see, he had these sheep and cattle from Laban 
his father-in-law who did not treat him very well. And so he asked his father-in-law to take out all the speckled sheep, the striped sheep and, and, the, and the little cattle and, and the solid black sheep and take them for his own. And then he would feed Laban's inferior sheep and cattle. So he did. And so he had just very little to work with. But Jacob came up with an idea. Some about sticks, isn't there? And he took these sticks and he took these tree branches from a, a poplar and, a, and an almond and a, and a chestnut. And he, and he took these sticks and he, and he stripped bark from these sticks so that they look striped. You could see the white underneath the bark. And he set them at the feeding troughs, at the, at the drinking troughs, actually. So when the animals came to drink, and most of the time when the, when the, the women, the, the female animals came to, to drink, they were in heat. So while they were in heat, well, the males took advantage of them in that, in that place. And uh, so, so uh, babies were conceived. But they had all those sticks out there, those, stri those striped sticks laid up before those animals. And as they consummated their relationship, they were looking upon these striped sticks. And all lo and behold, these sheep and these little cattle started bearing striped sheep and striped cattle, spotted sheep, speckled cattle. What? How does that happen? Faith supersedes natural laws. How did Jacob know how to do it? I don't have any idea. Except by faith, he tapped into some creative power that this world could not provide. There's so much creativity. There's so much provision out there from God. And oh my gosh, and how we are looking just to what this world can give when God has miracles with sticks. Hallelujah. Just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean you can't see it. Verse 6, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. Write this down. Faith pleases God. Faith pleases God. God loves for you to believe him. He loves for you to take him at his word. He loves to hear you declare his promises. He loves to hear you say what he says. Amen. Imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. That word diligently there means to search out, to scrutinize, to crave. Those who crave him, who seek him diligently. With, they, they investigate it. They, 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 they look under every rock. They're, they're, they're seeking God out. And God says, I'm a rewarder to those who diligently seek me. He has treasures to unfold. He has levels and dimensions of grace that we've not yet tapped into. But if we'll diligently seek him, if we'll, if we'll look for him, if we'll crave God on a regular basis, he'll open himself up to us. He longs to do it. He's not hiding from you. God is a revealer. As a matter of fact, 1 Corinthians 2.12 says that we've not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given given to us. The Spirit of God is there to reveal what's been given to you. Why is that important that you need to know what's been given to you? Because his gifts are the expression of him. And the more you receive from him, the more you know about him. The more you know, more, and the more you'll want to know about him. He's given you these exceeding great and precious promises that through these, you can live like God lives. It says you'll be partakers of his divine nature. Hallelujah. Acting like God acts. Verse 7 by faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. The last thing I want to get to you today is faith is deliverance for you and your family. Faith is deliverance for you Amen. and your family. I'm grateful for my heritage of faith. 
I'm grateful for parents who serve God, who chose to live for God. I'm grateful for grandparents who chose to live for God. The older I get, the more I realize how rich my heritage of faith is. One of my favorite memories ever as a kid is of my grandmother, my Pentecostal grandmother, hair down to here. Scared me to death when I was a kid. But she would pray, and man, she would pray. And I can remember being out there at their house. We spent, we spent the night at my grandparents' house a lot when we were kids. We, we just lived down the pasture from them in southern Oklahoma. And so we liked to stay at Grandpa and Grandma's because we got to do whatever we wanted and eat whatever we wanted there. There were no rules there. But when, the, when it was time to go to bed... Out on, the, out on that farm. Now, it's not so dark there because the lights of Windstar Casino kind of shine all over Thackerville now. But back then when there wasn't a casino, I mean, when the lights went out, it got so dark. And no matter how much fun I was having and how much I enjoyed being there, as soon as the lights went out, oh, I hated that. Hated that you just couldn't see anything. And my grandpa... Paul was not about to burn one nickel on a night light or any kind of light. If the lights go out, the lights are out. <laughs> so we'd be laying in there in the living room. They had these fold-out couches, and all the grandkids, we'd all pile up on these, these, these uh, sleeper sofas. And I could, all I could hear was the grandfather clock ticking. And you're just kind of waiting for your eyes to adjust, but they never really do. Sometimes you can't tell if your eyes are open or shut. <laughs> You're blinking, right? You see no difference. And then all of a sudden I hear my grandmother down the hall, pacing back and forth into that darkness. And I'd hear, Jesus, Jesus. I never heard anything else that she said, but I knew she was saying that name. Jesus, Jesus. And the moment my grandmother's prayer would start, Peace and comfort would come over me. I knew everything was going to be all right as long as Grandma was praying. And as a result of that, her and the hall of her house are saved. And it's continuing, and it continues to even my own children who are all walking with God today. You, listen to me. I don't know what your situation is. I don't know what your family dynamic is, but don't give up. Amen. Don't give up. Know that it is God's will that you and all your house be saved. As a matter of fact, it became the message of Paul wherever he preached that you and all your house will be saved. It was the, it's what the angel told Cornelius. You and all your house will be saved. I want you to just get that in your mouth. Believe that with your heart. Me and all my house will be saved. That is my inheritance by faith. Hallelujah. And I'm not going to stop until I see that come to pass. Don't forget, it's God's will more than it is yours. God loves your family more than you do. He wants you in heaven more than you want to be there. He paid the greatest price ever so that you and all your house could come into the kingdom of God. Faith is your reality. Say that with me. Faith is my reality. Faith changes my story. Faith helps me understand the power of words. Faith moves me to give generously. 
Faith supersedes natural law. Faith pleases God. And faith is deliverance for me and my family. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads for just a moment, if we would. Father, I want to say thank you so much. Thank you for the victory that we have called faith. It is, a, it is a, the being, it is the state of being of victory. It's the substance. It's the assurance. It's the proof of things hoped for and things not seen. Father, I know there are people here today who are standing in faith for certain things in their lives. Though they're not experiencing it yet, though they're not seeing it, though it has not materialized in the natural, yet it's still true. Yet it is still fact. Faith, perceiving as real fact, that which is not revealed to the senses. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord that your promises are true and real and that you are the way, even if we don't see the way, the way is you. You are the truth. You are the life. So we can fully cling to, trust in, and rely on you today. God, I thank you for a people here today that you've brought them together in this place to renew their hope in you to help them look up and see their salvation, to understand that Jesus Christ went before them and conquered every enemy of God and broke the power of sin so that they could be ushered into all the fullness of a right relationship with God. So that we can go into this work week knowing we have the victory no matter what. Our bodies are healed. We are prosperous because Jesus became poor so that we could become rich. We are forgiven because he was forsaken. We are loved with an everlasting love, a love that was here before we were here and love that will be here for eternity. If you're here today and say, Pastor Eric, I need you to pray for me. I'm here today and I don't know God. I don't have a relationship with him. I've never accepted that Jesus died for me. I've never, never accepted him as my savior. But today I want to be saved. Today I want to tap into this power you're talking about, this limitless power. I need to be saved. I want to know that when I die that life really begins for me, that there's hope even after the grave. Are you here today? Just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. If you're here, say, I need to be saved today. I want to know Jesus. How about you're here today and you say, Pastor Eric, I'm like, I'm like the prodigal son. I've given my life to God, but I've wandered off. I'm living my, for myself. I've been wasting time. Today, I'm just, I'm coming back to the Father. Is that you? Just raise your hand. I'll pray for you as well. Thank you. Father, I thank you right now for all these who have raised their hand. That grace and peace be multiplied to them from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. If we could all, let's just say this together. God, today, things change for me. I believe Jesus Christ died for my sins.
I believe he was buried. And I believe he rose again from the dead three days later. I confess Jesus is Lord of my life. I surrender to you, Lord. Take my life. Use me for your glory. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you that right now, old things are gone and new things have come. In Jesus' name, I receive grace from this day forward. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. Let's stand together. Thank you so much for being here today. Hey, just a reminder, please be continue to pray for Charlie. Don't you miss hearing amen in this place? Don't you miss hearing his amen? We continue to stand in faith. The doctors are hopeful about his condition, but he needs, he needs help. As a matter of fact, let's just do that right now. I want to pray for him. If we, let's just lift our hands. I want, lift your voices. I don't want to pray up here by myself. Just lift your voices. We call health and wholeness right now into Charlie's body. Right now, a healing invasion in Jesus' name. Everything that is foreign to healing, every form of sickness and dis-ease and infirmity to be loosened from his body in Jesus' name. And we command the healing power of God to infiltrate his whole being. We declare the peace of God that passes all understanding over him and over Roxanne right now, even right now where he is in that hospital room. Hallelujah. We thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit being released, the anointing, the burden removing, yoke destroying, power of God, raising him up off of that bed in Jesus' name. Life come to him. Life come in Jesus' name. Restored health and wholeness, speedy recovery. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. We believe you for it in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for praying with us for him. Amen. Need to get him and Miss Roxanne back here as soon as possible. So glad to see Tommy Foster here without his walker. He had, he had knee replacement surgery, and uh, last week he was here with a walker, and now today he's walking around like, like he's healed or something. Amen. I want to have Pastor Jonna. Where are you, Pastor? There you are, right there. Our illustrious illustrious youth pastor is going to dismiss us today. All right, y'all lift your hands. God, I thank you so much for this word that went forth. God, I thank you that it's going into good ground. God, into the hearts of the men and women here. And God, I thank you that you are for us and you're not against us, that you're on our side. And that if you are able, that we are able. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We want to invite you to join us in service Sundays at 9.30 or 11 a.m., and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Go to onecausechurch.com for location and events. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at One Cause Church. If you would like to partner with our ministry, you can now donate securely online. Just click on the link located on the front page of our website at onecausechurch.com.